Welcome to the Curiosity Pod. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly. It is so lovely to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Curiosity Pod. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Elisa. Yes, likewise. Um, and for our listeners, can you introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So um, hi, I'm Ravina Khalid. I'm a Pakistani-American midwife, uh, PhD writer, unschooling mom of four children who lives in unceded Lenape land in Brooklyn, New York. Amazing. So I, I'm really excited to have you on the show today because this week we're real, we're talking about bodies. We're talking about pregnant bodies. We're talking about bodies before they were pregnant. Um, the complicated relationship that, that so many of us have with being in these vessels. And then when these vessels start to change, uh, recognizing that the psychology doesn't always catch up with it as fast as your body is going through this transformation. Um, I was sharing with you before we started recording and, and folks who are reading and engaging with the curiosity report will know that I had, you know, a really sad <laughs> eating disorder for a long time, even, even longer than I was actively um, controlling and binging my eating. I was, I had this in incredibly, um, paralyzing body dysmorphia that has, you know, it was throughout all of my, my, like my late kid years into all of my teens, into all of my twenties. And really finally I started to feel all of the therapy <laughs> and all of the, the work that I had been doing on myself started to finally sort of sink in my early thirties, um, sort of, you know, the end of my Saturn return, I was like, okay, you know, this is, we have to learn to love ourselves, right? We have to learn to let some of, to, to, to really rewire the brain to recognize the origins of a lot of this as being um, so toxic, so <laughs> colonizer, so supremacist. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, recognizing where this, these standards that I was holding myself to were really coming from was, was extraordinarily helpful in my personal dismantling of a lot of, a lot of body stuff. But, you know, as a pregnant person who is now seeing my body change, I have been finding this experience to be so bizarre because I don't look at myself in the mirror and say, this is a pregnant body. I look at myself in the mirror and say, this is a body that needs to lose weight. And if someone would have told me that, you know, before I got pregnant, I would have said, you are out of your mind. Like it is so clear that is such a clearly different experience. But now that I'm living it, it's like, that's the only framework I have, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just jump in and start asking you questions about, you know, what your experiences, you know, personally as a, as a mother, but also as a practitioner, you know, how do you see this coming through in your practice? And is this something that is, is this something a lot of people experience and speak to? Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually, it's incredibly common, right? Because we know like a huge percentage of people who identify as women in our culture have histories of disordered eating, you know, maybe not as extreme as what you're describing, but at some point in their lives, when I like, when I do a first visit with a client and I screen for things like 
sexual abuse or assault or intimate partner violence or eating disorders, right? Anything that might be might come up in pregnancy. It's astounding how many people will share that history with me. So it's something that as a professional, I see all the time. And um, it's also something that I, as I shared with you a little earlier, went through myself um, when I was pregnant for the first time. I had actually done a lot of research before I got pregnant because I was a PhD student and I was an academic. And so research was my whole life. And so before I got pregnant, I read a lot about um, histories of eating disorders and history of sexual assault um, and how it can affect pregnancy. And I was steeled, you know, to be triggered by my changing body. And in fact, that does happen to a lot of people as you're describing. Um, and I'll get back to that in a second. But for me, weirdly, uh, my the months before my pregnancy, my first pregnancy when I was 27, um, were the last time I relapsed into anorexia. Once I gave birth, I never had disordered eating again. And it was because the experience of of my body doing this incredible metamorphosis, this alchemy of like creating a human from scratch and then birthing them. Um, and the strength it took for me to do that made me see, rewrite the narrative of my body. You know, it was healing in that I didn't, because my disordered eating was linked to sexual trauma, I, it was a way of making myself small right? And controlling my body and giving myself over to the lack of control I had in pregnancy and having that end in something that was so profound. And the person I loved most in the universe really changed my, my experience of my body and whether or not I needed to control it. Um, and so I think like pregnancy, you know, the, the changes can be really scary, but in the best way, ultimately, you know, and I think that it's a really profound um, intervention for a lot of us in how we see it. Um, but sometimes you have to get through the entirety of that process to get there, right? So I think, you know, you bringing up some of these standards of like, essentially like colonial capitalist ideas about the body and industrial, like post-industrial revolution ways of thinking about the body. It makes sense that a lot of us get triggered by pregnancy because our whole lives we've been told not just the fat phobia in our in our in our culture, but also uh, pregnancy like defies our our understanding of what a body is. Right, we've been told that like the mind controls the unruly flesh, and all of the the images we get of pregnancy are like these unruly, uncontained bodies. Right, like they're leaking fluids, they're vomiting, they're like creating these like hormonal, irrational thought spirals. Like you're totally out of control and you're two people in one, right? So it like disrupts the idea that we're these singular individual contained people. Um, and so it really pushes back against the framework that most of us have been given about who we are. Um, so it makes sense, you know, that like we struggle with how to understand that. And it's a, it's a process throughout the entire pregnancy. I, I love that. That's such a beautiful answer. And it, it makes me think of something I would also love to hear your take on, which is is really sort of like what are, you know, I, I'm I'm curious about the intervention as it relates to pregnancy. Something that you had mentioned just as before we were recording was, you know, why do women get weighed? Why do pregnant bodies get weighed? 
um, yeah. during pregnancy when there's not, there's when that is, doesn't actually make a difference or you said it much more eloquently, of course, but <laughs> I would love to know, like, you know, cause in, in my own research, I have found so there, there's so much intervention. There's so much of this like patient concept, right. Around being a pregnant person. And that does speak so much more to what we're talking about this, this concept of a woman's body being inherently problematic, right? Mm -hmm. And then the lack, the less control you have, or the less someone is controlling your body, the more wild, the more dangerous, the more um, at risk it becomes. So I would love to know your thoughts on that. To continue enjoying this episode and for full access to all Curiosity Pod episodes, join my Substack, The Curiosity Report. Each week, you'll receive my written newsletter, The Curiosity Diary, as well as this podcast, which includes interviews with experts, thought leaders, mystics, and overall fascinating individuals. Go to elizakelly.substack.com and join today for only $5. That's elizakelly.substack.com. See you there.